Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There was to be no miracle at Lords. Pakistan's hammering by the West Indies in their first match of the tournament all those weeks ago, costing them dear, as they were pipped to a place in the semi-finals on net run rate by New Zealand. Pakistani fans, fans could take at least some solace from a consolation win over Bangladesh at Lords to round off their campaign. A century from Imam al-Haq and 96 from Babar Azam, taking them to 315 for 9, before the teenage left-arm quick Shaheen Shah Afridi returned figures of 6 for 35, the best ever by a Pakistani in a World Cup to cap a 94-run win. In other developments, Sky have confirmed that the 2019 Men's Cricket World Cup final will be shown live on a free-to-air platform if, and I can't emphasise that if enough, England qualify for the final a week on Sunday. Welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast in partnership with Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. I'm your host Joe Harmon. With me today, I think only a few weeks ago after you last came on Lizzie, uh, but it feels a lot longer than that. It's Elizabeth Ammon, reporter for The Times. Hello. Uh, you've just hot-footed it over from Lords, Pakistan did the, the important bit, won the toss, but then couldn't rack up the 450 they needed or so to, mm. to make a game of it. No, I, I, I mean, it looked like they might with that second wicket partnership and Babar Azam, because lovely to watch. He is. Um, uh, and it looked like they might, you know, get 350 plus 3, 380 and then there was, a, you know, there was a little faint hope, but it was always a massively ridiculous long shot, wasn't it? It, it was never happening, was no, it? And it was the, never the, happening. The, the way they started so slow, you obviously kind of put Pakistani fans into meltdown on Twitter, but it, the game was gone before today, wasn't it? Yeah, them? it really was. I mean, they were never going to smash that world record for winning margin. It was uh, uh, always a long shot. Although I have to say it didn't dampen anybody's spirits at no, all. It, it was like an absolutely atmosphere. cracking atmosphere. It really was. It, it was so loud. I mean, it was just loud in the press box, loud outside. It was just so loud. Uh, sort of non-stop. I mean, it doesn't... There's no... You know, normally you get a sort of lull. Yeah, yeah. There was no lull. <laughs> loud all day. And you said it was a great day at Laws all round. I think that was your, your moment of the day. Yeah, my from. moment of the day was actually seeing my Sangakara sitting for... Oh, it must have been an hour with the school children that had been invited in to um, sit to watch from the pavilion. There were sort of 200, over 200 young school children watching from the inner sanctum of the uh, of the Lord's Pavilion because um, MCC had been, you know, really quite progressive, really, and decided it, it was much better to relax their rules and let other people into the pavilion rather than have an empty pavilion. Um, there hadn't been a great membership take-up of this game, unsurprisingly, really. So they relaxed their rules. They relaxed their dress code rules because some of the kids were not in shirt and tie, obviously. They were in their school polo shirts. Um, but it was really great to see. They looked like they were really enjoying themselves. They were. There were some 
um, pictures of them in the long room and the players as they came out stopped and you know chatted to them oh, and stuff it was great. really lovely really lovely uh, and Sangakawa looked like he was really enjoying his conversation with them so hats off to the MCC that was a really good thing was he doing some coaching with them as well he was just chatting to them oh no he sat there chatting to them outside but he looked like he was really engaged in a conversation with a group of sort of three young girls actually it was really it was good to see and that's of course his kind of temporary home for the next year or so it is he takes over the uh, the presidency soon uh, I think at the end of the summer I think that's right yeah. isn't it yeah uh, so my moment of the day came from the match itself um, actually my moment of the day was speaking to Marcus Triscothic a few hours ago about his uh, defining moments his career for the new magazine but this is a did you get emotional because I, I did a little bit <laughs> I did I mean he's always been so lovely to talk to uh, and yeah just recalling some of those great moments was was quite nice but anyway that's for the magazine <laughs> we are going to focus on the World Cup today yeah my moment was a brilliant caught and bowled by Mustafa Zerraman uh, who took his second consecutive five wicket haul and I think he's been brilliant in this World Cup he's taken well he's finished with 20 wickets behind just Mitchell Stark in the wicket takers list and I think he's really shown himself alongside Stark and, and Bumrah to be the kind of premier death bowler in the world and he just he came through what four years ago I think it was now where mm. he took 11 wickets in his first two ODIs against India and they had that brilliant start and then faded a little bit and I, he took all those wickets with that off cutter and I wondered maybe have the batsmen started to figure him out was it a kind of a, a maybe different type of bowler but a Janta Mendes situation mm. where actually batsmen had figured him out and he wasn't going to kind of kick on but I think that was more fitness issues and we've seen over the course of this World Cup that he's a special special talent and going to be around for a very very long time I think yeah absolutely and he uh, he seems to her, his game evolves his gaming I mean he's young isn't he and his game is evolving and he's learning and uh, uh, Steve Rose mentioned him in a press conference one of the millions I've been to in the last six weeks um, just you know singled him out to say how hard he works and, and how much he thinks about the game yeah so that moment itself was he took a if you didn't see it it was his fourth of five wickets Shadab Khan trying to clip it into the leg side leading edge Mustafa diving to his left took a one-handed catch just kind of millimetres from the ground and, and held on and then rounded off his five for his, his next over I think so that was a really nice end to the tournament for a, a fantastic young bowler who I think we're going to see a lot of for a long time to come let's talk about Pakistan predictably unpredictable in this tournament it's a little bit hard to know what to make of them they've beaten two semi-finalists they've just missed out on the semi-finals and they've got thrashed by a side who haven't won for well have only beaten Afghanistan in the tournament in, in, in West Indies aside from Pakistan so do you think they've had a good tournament? Uh, I don't think they have actually no um, I, I think given their their talent and clearly their ability what you've just been saying about being able to beat the, the best in yeah. the world I think they'll be disappointed actually um, and I think a lot of us thought they might they, they might go on to win the thing at some point you know they a lot of Pakistan fans seem to be incredibly frustrated by by the net run rate thing and by how they didn't qualify and uh, but uh, you know the, the argument back is well don't get bowled out for a hundred by a team that never yeah that didn't then go on to win so you know yeah I mean they obviously feel hard done by as well in the fact that their game against Sri Lanka was rained off whereas New Zealand against India was rained off and you would have expected Pakistan to beat Sri Lanka and you'd have expected India to beat New Zealand but we don't know those things would have happened you, you can't these scenarios can't play out exactly as you as you know and you have to come into a six and a half week tournament in England expecting there to be a bit of weather uh, and sort of try and win every game that you are out on the park for really I think also expectations of Pakistan because they beat England they were raised quite quickly but at the start of the tournament I don't think people fancied them at all I mean our Pakistan correspondent uh, Amin Akvi tipped them for the uh, wooden spoon oh did he yeah, wow so he, he thought that they had no chance of replicating the kind of Champions Trophy of, of two years ago whereas I thought well basically I thought who knows well <laughs> exactly I mean I, I, I thought actually uh, you know they were so comprehensively beaten by England in that um, in that 
in that bilateral series, but actually, as the we saw that the pitches were not like that at all, I thought actually it wasn't much of a warm up series, was it? In the sense that they were being very different pitches, <laughs> completely different conditions, almost yeah. like playing in a different country. And I think as I saw the pitches being not at all like that, I thought actually this might this might help Pakistan. But yeah, they were. I mean, gosh, how frustrating must it be to be a Pakistan fan? Well, they do seem frustrated, and obviously they kind of feel every every emotion as these things go through. Good to see Shaheen Shah Afridi in the wickets today. I mean, he's obviously a massive talent. Had a difficult that warm up series you mentioned. He got carted around a bit. Mm. No real shame in that because most of the bowlers did. Yeah, yeah. And then lost his place at the start of the World Cup. But he's come back and taken 13 wickets in his last three matches, including six today. It's only just 19. Uh, Pakistan have found another one, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, they keep producing them, yeah. don't they? They keep finding them. He's left armors uh, as well. Oh wow. Um, I mean, that, that's what's so great, isn't it? That even though they have all these, you know, challenges to overcome about not playing at home and the resources and their, you know, their first class system and this and the other, they keep keep producing players, and that's really encouraging. It's just putting together a complete performance, isn't it? And the good thing with these young guys like Shaheen Sharafridi is he's already played test cricket. Mm. He is ready to be a test cricketer. That is clearly kind of at the forefront of his mind. Perhaps partly because Pakistanis aren't allowed to play in the IPL mm. has narrowed their options a little bit. But he will be seeing him in all formats for a very long time. He's, he's not just a white ball bowler by any means at all, is he? No, 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 absolutely. I mean, he's clearly got a lot of skill and he's clearly another uh, kind of uh, thinking cricketer, actually. He was, he was very smart today. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's talk about Shakib Al Hassan, who has just been oh, in this extraordinary. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of Bangladeshi fans get frustrated with particularly Western fans being constantly surprised by how good he is. And I'm not going to fall into that trap because <laughs> I did know he was very, very, very good as a superb player. But I think you'd have to admit he's, he's gone above and beyond in this tournament, hasn't he? Particularly We're averaging 80, was it 86 well, points. I've got some numbers. Let's do some numbers. 606 runs at 87. 200s, 550s in eight innings. Uh, lowest score of 41 in the tournament. Strike rate of 96, so he's scoring them quickly. Currently the leading run score in the tournament. Only Sachin in 2003 and Matthew Hayden in 2007 have scored more runs in a single World Cup. And you can throw in 11 wickets too. Obviously, Bangladesh aren't going to feature in the semi-finals, and there's some pretty big games still to come. But at this stage, should he be the the forerunner for the the sorry the front runner for the player of the tournament? Even though Bangladesh aren't going to play in the the kind of crunch matches. I mean, he's he, he won't be because he won't, it'll, really. it'll, it'll, it's not fair though, is it? It's not his fault. No, 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 absolutely. Uh, I mean, he should be absolutely discussed. Um, uh, it's even you know the big names that we talk about in this you know Johnny Best, David Warner, <laughs> they're not in that sort of form. No, and also they're not carrying a, a not. It's unfair to say he's carrying Bangladesh because that used to be the case and it's no longer the case but there is still a huge amount of pressure on him at number three perhaps in a similar way to Kane Williamson with New Zealand to hold that batting unit together and Tamim hasn't really fired as you'd expect Mm. him to and he just looks like the pressure doesn't get to him at all and that's what struck me about his innings everything's looked so easy for him in this tournament yeah really calm and the extraordinary consistency of those numbers is just um, that's phenomenal really isn't it well I'd hope to see him certainly in the mix for player of the tournament when you come to it Um, but I guess if someone stands up in the final who's already had a good tournament and wins it for their country then perhaps they'll be justified and in I'm taking predicting that award. that's going to be David Warner oh yeah oh, don't say that <laughs> don't say that I actually said that at the start of the tournament but sort of semi-joking and now it's all all looking rather real <laughs> same for question for Bangladesh really how do we think they've gone this tournament because they're going to finish 7th or possibly 8th if South Africa beat Australia uh, they've given us some great entertainment their mm. fans I think have, they've most agree, would agree have been the best in the tournament and they've got a lot of 
kind of pats on the back. But actually, have they, in terms of pure results, have they underperformed here? Yeah, I think they have, actually. Yes, uh, I wasn't expecting them. I, I was sort of expecting them to pick up a couple of you know, probably good wins, actually. And I was expecting Sri Lanka to get uh, the wooden spoon. So it has been disappointing. But they have, prov- I mean, they came into the tournament with kind of carrying the, 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 the events in Christchurch, didn't they? And, and Steve Rhodes said himself, I was worried I wasn't going to be able to get them back together and back in the right mm. place as a team. And they've done it themselves. You know, they actually have. They've got some brotherhood was the word he used. But, it's, you know, that shouldn't be underestimated. They went through an extremely traumatic experience and that was n- not that n- not that long before the tournament. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that's had an effect. Um, and they seem incredibly unified as a team. They, they certainly yeah, give that impression. Yeah, and that's what Steve Rose said is actually, you know, it's really kind of brought them brought them together. Um, um, but um, but it's, it is disappointing they haven't had you know a couple of wins really because they're good enough. And they've got I mean Mortaza who I get has he announced anything on his future yet? I can't imagine he's going to play beyond this. He's also a politician, isn't he? In Bangladesh, I think he's won a seat. Who's been around? I mean forever, almost literally as long as I've been watching <laughs> yes. cricket, he's been playing, which is kind of a scary a scary thought. Um, McCullum on commentary was saying he's one of the best leaders he's ever played alongside, which is which is quite a, quite a compliment coming from McCullum. Yeah, and and that's probably really important um, for uh, for. A side like Bangladesh that you know and you've got they've got sort of young talent and, and old heads and, and and it's really important to have a a, a good leader um it's it could be interesting to see where they go from here really well it will, he won't be an int- uh, in- easy one to replace as captain because mm-hmm. Shakib's had a go in the in the past so he's Mushfiqur do you what you probably don't want either of them having the responsibility of captain that's that's a big hole to fill I know Mahdi Hassan did it under 19 level perhaps he's the one to, mm. to do it but we'll see so that's enough on today I think but before we finish I wanted to return to that news I mentioned to the top of the show that the final if England are in it will be shown on free to air uh, Sky reportedly in talks with Channel 4 according to The Guardian or at least that's where I read it Lizzie is this too little too late or should we just be thankful that we're getting some cricket on free to air finally um, I, I think we should I think it, it, it's a good thing um, I think it shouldn't be underestimated that this is actually Sky will take a commercial hit for this you know their advertising revenue will take a hit and you know that's, it's not a decision they had to take yeah um, although pressure they, was building the pressure was building um, uh, you know although they you know they were big enough and ugly enough to resist pressure aren't they and they I did Liam Plunkett was the deciding uh, well thing. I mean what, the, that man can that. that man can do anything <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know they they paid a lot of money for those rights you know and they are a commercial organisation and you sort of think well you know their, their business is to make money but they have taken the decision that it's in the interest of the game and good PR for them I suppose well it's also in the interest of themselves as well in the sense that they still have the rights to cricket and if they if more people start watching cricket then they might want to get Sky to watch the cricket so I don't think we should put this down as an entirely selfless no, decision no, no. as well <laughs> they're doing alright themselves as well I wanted to just ask you about the visibility of the World Cup in, in general because you've, you've got a young son who likes oh absolutely loves cricket he, he, li- he liked cricket well before the World Cup. Presumably. Yeah, but he loves Test cricket. Okay, and that didn't come from me, right? <laughs> but have you got the impression from? Well, not so much from him, but perhaps his friends and around schoolyards. Are they? Is is the word spreading? I sp- I spoke to Colin Graves briefly at the start of this tournament, and he he was kind of banging on the, about the legacy and, and we want kids playing in the street and we want this to last for years and years afterwards. Is that happening? Well, uh, James and his friends are talking about about it, uh, and they do watch the clips i mean that you know i, I think that so on twitter or they, they watch them on twitter or? on the yeah. on the on instagram on youtube you know they bbc they they watch the clips and actually that that's enough for them really um you know they watch 10 clips and then they'd go and pay fifa or something so and, but they know what's happened and they and they say did you see that catch or you know i hear them talking to each other and they say did you see stoke you know back at stokes's catch so but i am in middle class southwest london mm. where cricket's already a thing yeah um so i don't know if that's any sort of barometer at all really 
really. How about when you've been travelling around the country, going from ground to ground? Do you get the sense that cities are are kind of embracing the World Cup? Uh, I I think they have actually. I, I mean, it depends on what our expectation levels are. But the fan zones have all been packed. The grounds have all been, you know, they've been full apart from the, you know, the empty A corporate seats, ones, yeah, yeah, the empty corporate seats and stuff. You know, that, and so I think it has, it has, in a sense, captured cricket fans. I just don't know how many non-cricket fans it's captured. Now, there are plenty of cricket fans. The ECB are forever telling us there are 10 million cricket fans, mm. even if they don't watch English cricket or county cricket. There are 10 million people who like cricket, and that's quite a lot of people, if you ask me. Yeah. Is there an argument as well to say that we don't really know yet that England's kind of ploughing through a lengthy group stage was never necessarily going to grab the nation certainly of non-cricket fans in the way that we maybe wanted them to and that it's actually semi-finals and finals that mm. matter to people who don't necessarily care about specific sports but like sporting events like major events Absolutely and and I think we will start to see now uh, particularly if England win on Thursday I think then we will see oh look England are in a World Cup final and that let's face it that really doesn't happen in many sports <laughs> very often does it? Doesn't. it? It doesn't. So um, I think we will see it. I mean, I think there have been some unfair comparisons with the Women's Football World Cup. It is very different getting people to sit and engage with 90 minutes of football on a Sunday tea time when they're at home sitting in front of the telly anyway, or it's on in the background. The time has all been perfect. Yeah, they have all been. The tournament being in France. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Expecting people to engage with 48 days of eight and a half hours you're not comparing like with like at all are you yeah okay well we shall see we could certainly do with a, an england win on on thursday that would are we absolutely that would help uh, obviously uh before we end today's show australia playing south africa tomorrow in the later game india sri lanka in the earlier one australia will be desperate to win that right to to play on so they get the kind of the triple whammy of they play on tuesday so get a bit more rest mm-hmm. they play at old trafford which probably suits their quicks a bit better yeah. and they get to play new zealand who are and obviously struggling travel. so do you see any chance of a South African shock there? You, you were saying Glenn Maxwell. You think Glenn, I think they out. may rest Glenn, Glenn Maxwell after he got hit on the arm by a Pat Cummins bouncer. Um, Mitchell Stark finished off uh, Sean Marsh in the nets, and um, then Steve Smith hurt his finger, and so did Jason Berendorf. That's like absolute Sounded carnage like in the Australian <laughs> carnage <nets>. training session. Was <laughs> just a bit like old school. With Justin uh, Langer said, "Train hard, play easy." Was like, okay, well, you're very much taking that to extremes. Sort <laughs> of uh, Lily peppering Kim Hughes back yeah. in the day, sort of style. Um, they might well um, just. Uh, sit out Glenn Maxwell just to uh, just in, just in case because um, they'll obviously want him um, back for uh, the final. Yeah, New Zealand will have new Lockie Ferguson back, which is good That's news. That's massive, isn't good, it? Yeah, really big news for them um, because they were very disappointing. They were in a poor old Saudi who got kind of went the distance. Yeah. Hadn't, hadn't hadn't played hadn't so far in the play, World yeah. Cup, so you'd think. Lockie Ferguson in for in for Saudi for for them is definitely strengthen their team, isn't it, it? It's difficult to see beyond an Australia winning that semi final if they do make that semi final. But um, South Africa, I mean, what, bizarre. What a disappointing tournament. It has been, and it seems, uh, in a long tournament, it seemed particularly, <laughs> particularly long for them, um, obviously, because we kind of knew they were knocked out so early on. Yes, because they were they, they lost you know their first three quite badly as well, yeah. and didn't look at all like they could turn it around right from the word go, really. Well, perhaps they can leave with a kind of uh, slither of optimism if they can beat Australia tomorrow. We shall see. That's the end of the show for today, on the penultimate day of the World Cup group stage, a day that some cricket journalists thought would never come. Not here at to know we are just getting started uh, i'll be back tomorrow of course uh joined by australian writer sam perry uh always nice to hear from sam he's not really fancied australia from the start has he changed his tune this has been the wisdom cricket daily podcast in partnership with travel bag creating holidays packed for memories since 1979 thanks for joining us and don't forget to subscribe on spotify or any of the other usual platforms
Social Podcast Network.